What's going on everybody? Glenn P. Brooks Jr. here. I'm an author, I'm a speaker, and I'm a coach. And I wanna welcome you to We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I get the opportunity to add value to entrepreneurs, business owners, and ministry leaders, both on and offline. And this episode is gonna be no different. Stick around and we're gonna get started right now. Well, it's good to be back, guys, on the next edition or this edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. I'm Glenn P. Brooks Jr., And today I am going to have the illustrious honor of interviewing a longtime friend of mine. He and I met years ago uh, when I came to work for Radio One. He was the production manager there in Baltimore. Um, And then he later, uh, uh, I I later went to D.C. as the local sales manager for then Infinity Broadcasting, which became CBS Radio. Uh, They promoted me to station manager and my very first hire uh, outside of salespeople uh, for the production or for the radio side of the equation was Matt Anderson. He took our radio station uh, from nowhere to number one in the market, and we dethroned the number one radio station in that particular market in D.C., which is not an easy feat to do. We made history today. As a matter of fact, some of the things, things that we created, the programming, the kind of ways that you guys hear uh, FM Gospel Radio produce now, the inspirational format, that all came out of what we did in those days. And so it is my honor uh, to bring him up and talk a little bit about the story behind his brand. In a blog post on HuffPost.com, contributing writer Flynn Coleman asks this question, why are stories so powerful? Well, the answer to that is, well, they're actually more memorable than facts. Our brains are actually wired to respond to stories. Um, Metaphors and anecdotes actually help us to relate ideas uh, to our own experiences, providing richness and texture. Stories bring you and your listeners into a multidimensional world full of colors, sights, smells, and emotions, making us feel as though we are actually living the story. Without further ado, guys, put your hands together and welcome to this edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast, my good friend, Matt Anderson. So good to have you on the show today, bro. What's going on, bro? How you doing, man? It is so good to have you on on the air today. How you feeling? I'm good, my brother. Thank you so much for having me, man. Getting me up at the old, old dark 30. Dude, let me say this. This is taking us back to the days, Matt, where I think that we probably had a bed at the radio station, man. It was it was a process, Bruh. man. Bruh. I mean, it's funny because, you know, I think about the radio days where we had to get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, get to work by 5, 15, and after a while, I mean, Saturday and Sunday, I was wide awake at 4 o'clock. I got so used to that for years doing that. Man, let me tell you something. It's funny because I remember back in the day, and we old, when they had daytime radio, you actually had to fire up the radio station because yep. it turned off at night. They didn't have 24-hour yep. licenses for every single radio station. But, man, we're going to talk about where you are today. Matt, we like to delve into the story behind people's brands for this express reason. I think that whenever you see a major brand out there, I I don't care what brand it is, there's often a story that drives it. Most often it was from the CEO, the founders of that particular brand. And I I happen to know a lot of your story, and we're going to kind of talk about the things that you experienced growing up. How did it shape your today? If you can take us back to Oakland, man, before you came to D.C. to come to to the Howard University. Um, talk to us a little bit about growing up in Oakland, man, and how did some of what you went through inform your brand today? 
Well, growing up uh, for me, man, I was born in Philly. My dad uh, was was from Philly, and my mom is from New York. In 1970, you know, the the peak of the Black Power movement, you know, civil rights. Dr. King's gone, Malcolm's gone. You know, everything's kind of in an up uproar. So they both were both, both idealists, both educators. They said, "Look, we're going to move to California." So we drove all the way across the country. Just you know, both my parents and our big old dog, and we drove all the way across the country. And set up shop five years old at the time. And, you know, we just, I loved it. I mean, I had a great time. Eventually, you know, we adopted a, a, a little girl. So I had a little sister by the time I was seven years old. And, uh, you know, time went on and my, both of my parents being educators, they really wanted to be, to be socially active, to have an influence and an impact on the culture. So they became a part of a school called um, uh, Other Ways. And this was a basically an alternative school, sort of like a charter school for the hood. <laughs> it was basically kids came there, high school kids came there. Instead of going to jail, they came there. And so you would learn a real trade. It wasn't just, you know, addition, subtraction, you know, English, that kind of stuff. You would learn something. You would learn construction. You'd learn journalism. You'd learn media production. And my dad taught the media production side. My mom taught the, the journalism and art side. And so, you know, just hanging around all these high school kids, I just realized that I had a, a, a pension for pushing buttons and gadgets and gizmos. I always loved that kind of stuff. So I was always around it. So they out, you know, filming stuff, you know, with the Isley brothers and Congressman Ron Dellums and Nancy Reagan and political figures and Jesse Jackson and, you know, point, you know, you, you name it. You know, they were doing anything with music and polit politics and social activism. And they're filming this stuff with these high school kids. And I'm around it. So eventually, you know, I grew up, went through all the knucklehead stuff that you do, you know, in the hood. And I realized that, you know, I had a gift and a passion and the options of all my peers, most of them were either going to jail or dying, you know, 14, 15, 16 years old. And I said, for me, this just, you know, there's one way out and it's not going to be prison or jail for me I'm or, or dying. I said, I, I got to get out of here. This environment is, is, is toxic for me. So I heard about, you know, a friend of my dad was a, a recruiter for Howard University. He told me about the School of Communications. My dad had did some work with um, uh, Tony, uh, 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 Tony Brown uh, over the years. And one of the things, you know, he said, look, Tony Brown's the dean of the School of Communications at Howard at the time. I said, OK, well, all black college. Let me check it out. I've never been to Washington, D.C., never been on the campus of an HBCU. And one thing led to another. I, I basically applied and it was gone. I mean, literally graduated in June. By August, I was in a brand new environment here in Washington, D.C. and never looked back. Majored in TV production, but I couldn't get a job on campus. I couldn't even get an internship at WHMM TV, which was a TV station at Howard. And so what I did was, uh, you know, I found out, you know, I started hanging out with a bunch of brothers who were off into hip hop because hip hop was real big at that time. I mean, you know, really just smoking at that time. So a lot of friends from New York and Philly and Baltimore. So we started throwing parties and I, I realized that I liked this. I liked hip hop. I liked DJing, not so much rapping or anything, but I was a DJ. I could mix. I was pretty good at it. And so one thing led to another. And eventually, you know, I, I, I uh, got an internship at a couple different radio stations. One was a classic rock station. Another was sort of a news talk station. And I just kept applying for a job at WKYS in D.C. Donnie Simpson was smoking at the time. He was the, the man. He was a program director, morning show host, legend in his own right. Probably four or five years, I must have applied four or five times, and I kept getting told no. And then finally, one time, he said, come on in. We'll at least let you you know, take a look around the station. Interviewed with him. Uh, 
you know, it was cool. Then he said, look, well, what I want you to do is I want you to sit with one of the announcers. You're going to sit with them. Sat with him, you know, and, uh, and and one thing led to another. And then he brought me back another time. Let me sit with him and Tony Perkins, who were in the morning show. He slides me over a, a schedule, you know, of the announcers. I'm thinking, oh, wow, this is what a schedule looks like. Wow. I see all the names on there. You know, I said, OK, cool. And I slide it back to him. He's live on the air now. I'm just laying in the cut. I'm, you know, starstruck. He slides it back to me. And there's a name on there, Anderson. I said, oh, I didn't know you had an announcer named Anderson. I'm thinking to myself. Well, turns out he said, you start son, you start Saturday night. You're going to do the overnight show. You're hired. And the rest is history. That was a part-time job doing the midnight shift, green as I could be, but learned a lot. We started the first hip-hop show in D.C. At that time was the Saturday night mega mix. And uh, one thing led to another. Was there for years and years and years. We helped break. You know, artists like Mary J. Blige, first time she ever got played anywhere outside of New York was on the show. Naughty by Nature, Heavy D, uh, Tupac. All these folks were, you know, broken on my show, you know, here in D.C. at that time. And so it was just really a good time to kind of be a part of the culture. And that really just let me know that I had a passion for storytelling and being part of it. Eventually, one thing led to another. and We ended up in working at other radio stations and I can go on and on and on, but eventually yeah. became gospel radio and I went into programming and production and that kind of thing. Matt, one of the things that I want to kind of heavy on real quick while we're here and um, I, I got to go back to what your parents did in terms of making a decision to pick up from the East coast, literally drive completely across the country, set up shop and build a new life uh, on the West coast. But you had an opportunity uh, to watch them do things. I want to talk a little bit about the law of attraction. How much importance do you put on being able to be around an environment that you want to be a part of? And how did that play to you? In other words, I, I got to believe, man, that you know, seeing them do the thing birthed in you a desire to even try the thing, which led for you to be able to go to a place back to the East Coast where they just came from, but you're in a different capacity. Can you talk about the importance of surrounding yourself around people that are doing the thing that you want to do? And and what links should you be willing to go to be able to do that and why? It's critical to surround yourself with people who are doing what you want to do. Um, to this day, I still do that, whether I meet people personally or I study their their books or I you know listen to their uh, outlines or teachings online. Uh, I'm looking at, you know, what, what Spike Lee has done. I'm looking at what, you know, Steven, Seg- uh, 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 Steven Spielberg has done. I'm looking at what the big time filmmakers are doing. I'm looking at what Tyler Perry's doing. I don't particularly care for most of his content, but I think his, his business model is brilliant in terms of hiring, you know, building his own studio and hiring us and writing his own stories. And, you know, that kind of stuff, I think is brilliant. So I, I admire it. So, Again, pulling pieces from different people, learning from other people. Again, I've I watched Donnie Simpson for years and years and years. Uh, you know, I, I learned, learned. I remember one time he told me, he said, you know, when I first started, he's like, hey, man, you know, I would say, you know, hey, it's Matt Anderson. And I would just kind of slur my last name. He said, look, man, slow down. It's Anderson. This man taught me how to say my own name. <laughs> so, that part. So uh, being around other people who are, or, or at least studying other people, what do you do in your free time? What do you do in your free time? What would you do for free? You know, I'm l- literally to this day, I mean, every day I'm studying 
how to either write scripts or or you know what did what camera gear, what lens is good, what lighting works. You know, I'm in that place now where I'm balancing the arts and the sciences, the creative and the technical. So being around those two different things, a lot of people say, oh, man, he's such a technical, you know, or scientific guy. No, no, no. no. I learned that stuff because I had to. I, I couldn't afford the gear or the technology. But I, the creative was always working in me from the time being a little kid watching my parents do what they do. My mom drawing, my dad painting, them teaching other people how to do stuff. For me, it was how do I get it done? I just need the tools for the task. And for me, it's 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 balancing the creative and the technical is using the technical technical as the tools to express the creative piece you have in your mind. So I'm looking at some of the people who have the millions and millions and billions of dollars to tell the stories or expand their businesses. But you can do it from afar, you know, constantly learn from other people who are doing it and figure out a way to do it better or do it the way that you want to do it. Man, listen, that that's powerful. If you're listening to this podcast, you guys, I, I want to encourage you to stay tuned uh, because Matt is um, somebody, in my opinion, who has really, really embodied and um, kind of has been a trailblazer of balancing the creative and the tech. You know, in all the years that I've known you, Matt, I've known you to be a creative person. Um, I remember uh, one night when I had a client. Um, <laughs> I will never forget this night. I had a client. He happened to be the largest advertiser on the radio station at the time when we were in Baltimore. I was a salesperson. I was his account executive. And um, we needed a commercial produced. And the commercial needed to be aired the next morning. Well, it started snowing um, heavily. I mean, really heavily. At the time, you lived in Northern Virginia, and you were taking a train uh, from Baltimore uh, to D.C., and then later, I think you drove back, you know, to Northern Virginia from there, parked your car there. Mm -hmm. And I never will forget walking into the production studio right around 4 o'clock in the evening or so, 5, when you about to pack up and roll, and said, Matt, I need a favor, man. I got this commercial that needs to be produced tonight because I got to get it over to traffic and have it aired in the morning. Uh, and it's for this particular client. And you looked at me and was like, bruh, it's snowing outside. Like, <laughs> how we gonna how we gonna do that? And I looked at you, I said, What if I took you home? And you said, I live in Northern Virginia. I said, I I, I know. And I said, What if I took you home? You don't have to worry about catching the train on time because you had to catch a train. Yep. And I will never forget you saying, Let's get it. We probably didn't leave the radio station until about eight, nine o'clock. We didn't get to your house probably about 10 or 11 o'clock. By this time, the snow was so dense that I had to spend the night at your house in Northern Virginia. I will never forget that. I watched you balance creativity mm. and tech right then in that moment. Mm. And it inspired me, man, to embrace something that, quite frankly, I don't enjoy. There's nothing about anything technical that I enjoy. Can you talk to people about when you have to do something that you don't want to do in order to get to the thing that you love to do, what are the things that you're mm -hmm. telling yourself in your mind that helps you to embrace that in the moment? Because most people would quit. Most people would say, well, I ain't doing that. I know I went through life that way. If I wasn't naturally good at it, I'm not doing it. Can you, can you enlighten us just a little bit on your mindset regarding that? It's hard work. It's never going to be easy. It's like whether it's sports, um, whether it's business, whether it's romantic relationship, you got to put some work in it. You're only going to get out of it what you what you put into it. 
Uh, I mean, I'm in the gym five, six days a week, every week, no matter what. Uh, I try to make sure I eat right. I mean, I slip every now and then, but I'm mindful if I eat junk more than a couple of days in a row, it's going to have an adverse effect on my body, even in the older I get. So it takes work. It takes effort. Um, when it when it comes, you start talking about doing what you have to do so you can enjoy what it is that you want to do. Um, if I think about my business, I, mean, I, I, I incorporated Missing Peace Productions 21 years ago, almost 22 years ago. And during that period of time, I've been constantly working for somebody else, you know, Sirius XM, CBS Radio, whoever, Urban One, you know, working for different companies because I couldn't make enough money to survive on or it was a fear factor in there. Eventually, it finally got to the place where I went full time, the smack dab in the middle of the pandemic. So all these years of me preparing and serving and doing the things for other people worked. Literally 2021, I, I went full time with the business halfway through the year. And that halfway through the year, I made more than I had for any other year in the entire 20 something years doing this. Last year, 2022, I doubled that. So it, it, it's because of all of the preparation and doing what I didn't want to do and serving other people's helped me to get there. Um, it, again, you know, I'm mindful of the world change. So people's need for technology for media production, film production, video production, audio production, streaming services. People needed these things now. The stuff I've been banging on people's doors, telling them we need to do this. I, I talked about putting a camera in the studio years ago before there was even social media. Matter of fact, we did that. You know, I would go and interview Bishop T.D. Jakes or Hezekiah Walker or other business leaders or community leaders. I got the footage to this day, but there was nowhere to distribute it. <laughs> there was no there was no Facebook. YouTube was just starting. And a lot of times, you know, management, upper management, look at us like we were crazy. What are you going to do with it? Now look at the Breakfast Club with five, six million subscribers and they're making passive income by just throwing a video up and sticking a camera in the studio. So my point is this. What do you do? Uh, four elements that I always, this is part of my mantra, I organize, prioritize, compartmentalize, and then mobilize. Organize means to get things in order. What do you have to work with? Clean out your closet. What's that in your hand? What tools do you already have? Prioritize. What's the most important thing? They tell you on a plane, put the air mask on your face first. Don't try to save everybody else. Make sure you can handle it yourself yourself. And then uh, compartmentalize is kind of like being on a submarine or something. If one of the, 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 the compartments gets uh, breached or flooded, the whole ship doesn't go down because you compartment, you sealed off that one area. You know, you know that this particular area of your business does what it does and it complements the other areas. And then finally mobilize. You got to do it. You told me earlier about or reminded me about how perfection can be one of my mistakes. My, I remember my mother telling me that years ago, you know, you know, perfection is the enemy of the good was a Voltaire quote, I think it is. It's because you're constantly trying to get it right, get it right, get it right. Sometimes you just have to get it out there first. Apple wasn't perfect. Chick-fil-A wasn't perfect. But Chick-fil-A closed on Sunday and they killing the game. It's always a line around the block. Apple killing the game. They came out with the 14. I ain't finished with my 13 yet. I don't need a 14. They just keep coming out with gadgets and gizmos. So making sure that you take advantage of, of doing what you have to do. You know, are you just sitting around scrolling through Facebook or watching, you know, Netflix and chill? Or are you studying other people's business practices, technology, arts? I don't care what it is that you do. There's always somebody doing what you do better. So study the master, 
study someone who's really good at what they do so at one day you'll be able to snatch the pebble from their hand. Listen, let me say this real quick. Um, I am going to have to um, have you back, man. Um, there's so much. I just got a reminder that I have a nine o'clock appointment. And so I want to bottom line this, but I want to make room to have you back. Matt, one of the things, and I just need you to kind of bring people up to modern day that you're doing today as a result of all the things you say, organize, prioritize, compartmentalize, mobilize. Mm -hmm. You now are working in a completely different industry that's very similar to the one that you came up in, but they, they, they intertwine in a lot of ways. Um, talk to us a little bit about your company. What are you doing today? How do you help people today? What can I do to add value to you? How do, how do we connect the dots with the with the target client that you do business with? Well, my, my, some of my clients include Urban One, TV One slash Radio One, that whole group of people. Um, it includes CVS Health to produce content for them as well. Um, a lot of you know, faith-based organizations as well as nonprofit schools and those kinds of things. So that's what Missing Peace Productions Incorporated is. That's the business that serves and creates video content, streaming content, uh, commercials, anything that helps a particular entity communicate with their audience in a way that's effective, efficient, uh, and, and cost-effective. Uh, we try to do it in a way that's credible, consistent, and creative. Um, but what I've done and what I've been wanting to do from the beginning was to create my own content, which is Matt Anderson Films, which I really wasn't planning on launching that until 24, uh, but I got to the end of last year, probably in August or so, and that uh, I had a client how this whole thing happens because I've kind of been functioning as a DBA on that side of things and I had a client who wrote a check, but they wrote it out to Matt Anderson Films. Well, I said, well, I can't deposit this. <laughs> I went through all these houses. I said, you know what? Let me just do it now. So I went and go ahead and, you know, set up the LLC and, you know, a bank account, the whole nine, all the legal stuff, tax stuff and went on and got it done. Uh, so I'm not really sort of in the space of sort of a soft launch right now. I've got a couple of documentaries that we're producing through that. One is on black fatherhood. Another one is on gun violence. Um, matter of fact, the black fatherhood one, we have, um, uh, um, um, uh, what's his face? Um, Gary Payton is in, is in the film, Narada Michael Walden, who produced six out of 10 of, of Whitney Houston's top 10 singles. Um, you know, these kinds of things that are, are people were talking about fatherhood in that particular film. And so we went inside of San Quentin prison and produ and, and interviewed a bunch of men inside of there. How are they able to be fathers or in the process of being rehabilitated? So documentaries, uh, scripted content, um, whether it be long -term drama dramas or short films, that's what Matt Anderson Films is committed to do with my original content. So I am looking for scripts. I'm looking for ideas, uh, partnerships of people who you know can edit, who can shoot. I mean, I do all. I've learned all this stuff: shooting, editing, uh, lighting. I've had to because I couldn't afford to hire people. But now I'm at a place now where I can kind of pull some people in and use subcontractors and partnerships and those kinds of things. So those are the things that I'm really working on at this point. So, you know, uh, website is mattandersonfilms.com. You can kind of see some of my work on there and uh, kind of hear some of the background story on things that we've done, what we're doing, what we intend to do. And be on the lookout for some of the, uh, the original content and original podcasts to come out as well. So that's the other thing through missing piece production so we can find that part for people that is missing and help them produce. So I'm actually looking for a building as well. So anybody who knows buildings within the Washington metropolitan area, 1500, 2000 square feet, at least to start. So we can have some space there to, to shoot our own stuff. So we don't have to carry gear, set up, break down and mobilize and all that kind of stuff.
I love it, man. Ladies and gentlemen, my great friend, Matt Anderson. Today, live, uh, as we record, we all need some help Wednesday, the podcast. Matt, let me say this, man. You know I love you, and uh, I am so grateful that we made a pack uh, more than 25 years ago that where I go, you go, and where you go, I go. And we have honored that all these years, man. And so whatever we can do, however we can leverage each other's platforms, I'm all in. Um, because at the end of the day, I, I got to let our audience know you cannot get to any place of significance by yourself, guys, because we all need some help. Matt, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you pulling up. And y'all do me a favor. Go follow Matt everywhere. Matt Anderson, you can find him and uh, certainly hit, hit him up on his uh, his website. And if you have any connects for him, uh, let him know. Y'all be good. And we'll see you guys next week on the next edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Well, I'd like to thank you guys for joining us once again for another edition of We All Need Some Help Wednesday, the podcast. Uh, be sure to download this, and if you need to connect to us any kind of way, uh, you can reach us at www.glennpbrooksjr.com. At the end of the day, y'all already know what time it is. You cannot get to any place of significance by yourself because we all need some help. Y'all be good, and we'll talk soon.